You are listening to Packers Talk Radio Network. Packers Talk. On this episode of Cheesehead Radio, the Lions play with heart as they defeat the Packers in Detroit. But the Packers are set to return the Cavalry for the playoffs. Meanwhile, they prepare a legal action against Green Bay and the state. And a first round bye gives us time to evaluate the competition. Four quarters of Packers Talk. Right here on Cheesehead Radio. Hello again, Cheesehead Nation. Here we are again, 12 years into this wacky experiment called Cheesehead Radio. And we are back this week as the Packers prepare for a weekend on the couch, watching their next potential opponents. As is usually the case, your hosts tonight are the ambivalent Kelly Hodson, known as That Packer Girl on Twitter. Also joining us is the equivocal Sidney Angeli of Packers Talk and at Tundra Vision on Twitter. And lastly, little old me, your voice of reason and faith in the Packers, Jersey Al of Packers Talk and Cheesehead TV. You can follow me if you want to be bored at Jersey Al GBP on Twitter. That's it for the introductions. Let's get this show on the road. Well, ambivalent and equivocal might be good reactions for all Packers fans to Sunday's game against the Lions. Uh, it was just kind of a weird nothing burger, wasn't it? I tried not to get frustrated, but yeah, it was totally house money they were playing with. And the way I finally saw it at the end of the game was, all right, anyone who's not a starter, this is your opportunity to show you should probably make or break the team. See, Let's see your best. It was like a preseason game. Well, speaking of preseason, I got to tell you, I paid, I have paid more attention to the fourth quarter of preseason game four than I did this game. <laughs> I, I, and I'm not exaggerating. I mean, I was doing a crossword puzzle. I was listening to the watch party. I had one eye on the TV. I was doing a million things. So who knows how much of the game I really saw. <laughs> That's how I felt. Well, I watched it pretty intently. And there was a I don't know. There was a lot of internal negotiation that had to go on as you watch the game. Obviously, all three of us picked the Packers to win last week. It was all kind of half-hearted, I think, because none of us really knew what was going to happen. And what we got was, you know, Rodgers and Devontae Adams uh, hooking up to break the single-season receiving record, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, and, and I think that was the only reason they were out on field. Just kind of went downhill after that. It just didn't seem like... Uh, The offense could get going. Our defense just really seemed to struggle against Jared Goff, who we didn't even think was going to play last week. They just came out and were motivated to win 37 points against our defense by the Detroit Lions. Yeah, it was not pretty. Um, Yeah, we didn't have, Packers didn't have all of their, their starters on defense, but the ones that were there did not really look like they were taking it seriously. They kind of felt like they were phoning it in. I think missing a, a Devondre Campbell. He's uh, who, always who, who's had such a great year, and I know we've actually talked about it on this podcast. That my gosh, what's been the huge difference from him. the middle of our defense for years and years and years? Suddenly, and we're you know, especially when we had that really hot streak defensively in the middle of the season, we're like, what's changed? And we're like, oh, Devondre Campbell, PFF's top-rated uh, linebacker, once again this week, and we're like, who? Who's this guy? We didn't even know who the guy was. 
Well, suddenly he's out of the lineup and you really, really realize how much you missed him. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah. I, I, I'm just assuming that, that he's also a good locker room presence too, because they seem like they were lacking leadership on the field as well. Yeah. It was kind of like when Kenny Clark didn't play, you realized how much you missed him the next game, you know, that whole middle of the defense. I mean, those are the, the two guys in the middle of the defense uh, to keep things from falling apart out there. And uh yeah, we definitely miss Campbell a lot. But I think it's really important to look at how defenses, especially in the NFL today, how they're structured. We're so stat-driven. And, you know, how many how many touchdowns did you throw? How many yards did you catch? How many sacks did you have? And it, it's a really unsung role for these guys in the middle of modern NFL defenses to just swallow up blockers. It's such a critical role, but if you don't do it, if you don't have Kenny Clark there eating up two guys... Someone else doesn't isn't able to get in there and make a tackle. So, yeah, we really do see how Kenny Clark and Devondre Campbell have really made the middle of this defense actually something to fear, it, except last Sunday when no one really feared them. I think we have to improve. You have to have both there. To be, like Either game, when neither one was there, you really felt their absence. So Aaron Rodgers in the game for the first half has, you know, a, kind of a pedestrian game for him, doesn't have MVS. Uh, so what happens in the second half? We bring in Jordan Love. Now, like everyone else, I was kind of excited about it. I was kind of excited to see him get, you know, some real live game action, not just mop up time. Well, so it's sort of mop up time. And like only garbage time. Wouldn't it be great if, for once, Jordan Love was handing off to Aaron Jones? Wouldn't it be great if he's passing to Devontae Adams and MVS? Wouldn't it be great if he's passing to Tunyon and has his whole offensive line in front of him? And once again, he's, you know, passing off, playing with all the backups and trying to play against a, a fairly inspired Detroit defense that really, really wants to win this game, get their third one of the season and have some sort of positive note to end on with their Super Bowl. Jordan Love sort of disappointed. I don't think it was just Jordan playing with the JV squad. I was kind of disappointed. It doesn't matter. And if it was Devontae Adams or MBS or if it was Amari Rogers he was throwing to, he was throwing to players like they were 12 feet tall. His mechanics still have a long way to go. And that's what frustrated me with Rogers or with, with Love. It wasn't that he was playing with the amateur. It was amateur hour. It was he wasn't ready to play with them at times. Well, you know, I don't know what, what, the, what your expectation would be for him with the amount of time that he's gotten to actually play in the NFL this far in his career, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I think what we saw is what you should expect to see for, for a guy with that amount of experience, you know, given that he wasn't a number one, you know, draft pick, top of the draft uh, selection, then you have higher expectations. But I don't know. You know I, I'm, I'm more of the opinion that we have to see a lot more of him before we can decide anything, which, of course, everyone has already already has right either mm-hmm. you know he's, he's forget it he'll never be anything or i think he'll be just fine you know so who knows right i mean who knows but what was now to, to play the other side of it you could totally tell who he's working who's worked who he's worked with on the scout team because he was connecting with them because yeah. we were playing with like you know the third string players yeah uh, I mean, that, tell- that's to be expected I'm going to tell you that that pass, and I'm trying now. I'm totally spacing on who it went to. It was the tight end? Was that? Um, yeah, it was Zaya Degara. No, it was 88. Touchdown. 88. Whoever that is, I'm forgetting his name. Oh yeah, no, Degara. Degara was. Hosea. Yeah, Thank yeah. you. So Hosea Degara, uh, that probably was one of the prettiest 
touchdown plays I think I've seen in a long time. And and don't get me wrong, Aaron Rodgers had a lot of beautiful throws and there's beautiful receptions, but when it comes to a play that was just executed brilliantly, you know, he he found Degara and I I saw Degara start running and. He runs a little bit like he's running in mud. He's not fast. He doesn't have any blazing speed. I'm like, oh, he's going to get tackled right away. And then you're just looking. It's like, boom, Amari Rogers with the block. And you know, then there's another block upfield. And all of a sudden, he's just running clear to the end zone. Probably one of the nicest plays I've seen. So it was nice to see Jordan get that success on a play with everyone pitching in to make the play happen. And I think we have to remember that they scored 17 points in his half. It wasn't like he was a complete failure. I was just, like I said, just not happy with some of his mechanics. But I know I'm being overly harsh. I'm impatient when it comes to quarterbacks. But he scored more points than Rodgers. <laughs> it, it was rather run-heavy when he was in, though. I it was very that. run. It was very yeah. run. Yeah, so... Don't know how much you can take from that, but well, all in all, guys, it was a very uninspired uh, game and what was essentially a preseason game. Uh, I guess looking at it, did we expect? As far as I'm concerned, as uninspired as the Packers looked and as hungry as the Lions looked, and I, I was actually kind of surprised when we lost by seven. I, I thought that could have been a blowout the way both teams were playing. And yet we we stuck with it. We played them pretty hard and and really had a chance to win if. Uh, you know, we love when to throw those interceptions. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's an interesting contrast too. It's you saw the Packers playing very vanilla preseason football, where the Lions were pulling out like every trick play they had in the book. Yeah, like, I this mean, was they, their they Super Bowl it. as well. Yeah, they, they emptied the playbook for sure. Yeah, but you're right. Those, it's not like they're worried about uh, someone seeing the, their play and using it against them in the playoffs. So, however, somebody did point out that with that win, they have surrendered the first pick of the of the 2022 or yeah 2022 draft. Yeah, they dropped they, down to they number shot, two. Right, they shot themselves in the foot, but you know that's not the way coaches think, right? They that's how win. We, that's how we ended up with Tony Mandrich, gang. <laughs> oh, thank you for putting that lemon juice in a paper cut. Well, at least it's someone else's number two pick this year, oh. not ours. All right, that'll end uh, the first quarter here on Cheesehead Radio. We're going to move on to our second quarter. Uh, obviously, our first quarter is a loss, but our second quarter, I'm already anticipating a pretty big win right here on Cheesehead Radio. The Calvary. Do the whole song. Go ahead. Guess who's back? Back again. Okay. Well, we got two different songs going. <laughs> from two different eras. Very nice. Uh, but we have a lot of players coming back for the players in the playoffs. Very exciting. That's something we've pontificated about quite a bit this season, you know, especially, you know, getting players back. Are they going to be in prime form, especially at a time where we need the most? But I think the one that's most surprising has been number 55, Zadarius Smith. You Given up you... for dead. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I think I wrote him off several times this year. There was a picture that Wes Hodkowitz posted today with him behind a mask, and you can not mistake the smile behind it. It's he's obviously so happy to be back. Well, now we know what the what his tweet with the clock emoji meant. We're all trying to interpret that. He's officially on the clock now. We got 21 days back. Well, and, and you know there was so much because you know, we don't have all the information, and there was so much speculation that. Was this really completely about an injury, or was he hold, sort of holding out? Uh, was he disgruntled? Was he upset about him himself not getting a contract extension? And it's amazing how getting the number one seed makes everyone happy and healthy. So we don't know what it was specifically, but 
it sounds like Z Smith is back with P Smith and Rashawn Gary. And I'm feeling pretty good about that pass rush. Didn't they say they want to change Rashawn Gary's last name to Gary Smith? <laughs> it was something silly this, like a week or two ago. We're changing his name. Well, you could do the hyphenation thing, Rashawn Gary Smith. Well, we had that third Smith that was like here and then gone and wasn't any good. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Jaden or Jalen or something. I can't remember who it was. Don't know. It was like he was, it was like yeah, blinking and we missed him. Yeah. Jalen Smith. Jalen. Yeah. That was from, it. from Dallas. So a couple other players that were expecting back, Billy Turner uh, was at one point uh, very doubtful. He has been taken off that list and is, I guess, going through the process of practicing to see if he can also return. That's a big get having Billy Turner back. Oh, yeah. He was also on the COVID list. And he just was, got was, released from, was taken yeah. off of that. Yeah. So I, th- I think he's, I think he's technically off of two lists. So he wins the prize for being on the most <laughs> inactive list, but uh, he, he is back and supposedly ready to practice. So that's also good news. They could get back to, to their starting offensive line of uh, potentially of the beginning of the season. Well, well I can't oh, say yes, that because we didn't have right. back TR. Yeah. So since of last year, last year. Yeah. Right. But now we're uh, like really flush with li- uh, offensive linemen, and where we we're like, who's up next if they get hurt? We are we're, in a good position. Yeah, we're releasing offensive linemen left and right. You know, <laughs> Ben Braden was released, although he'll probably be back on the. Um, they already signed him back pre- to the practice. Oh, they squad, did. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I haven't seen any news today. He was and then the only there, one. There was another uh, tackle uh, or offensive lineman that they released yesterday whose name escapes me at the moment, but eight, was it eight in something or I don't know. It's, it's not, a, it doesn't matter. It was some guy. It was a, just a guy. I hate to say that about anybody. So moving down the list also, you know, that uh, Randall Cobb uh, was already potentially back in uh, the last game, but uh, he did not play, but he has made some statements a few weeks ago that he is ready and will be back for the playoffs as we've kind of expected. Uh, and then, of course, Jair Alexander, you know, maybe our big wild card, too. Sounds like he's back on the practice field and practicing. And is there a possibility he's ready to go and create quite a little team of three at cornerback for the Packers this year? Yeah, this is a, a scenario that pretty much two weeks ago, I'd say nobody would have predicted or, or could have even hoped for. And now here they all are marching back. Uh, to to play in the playoffs and and these are you know these are their pro bowlers in a lot of cases you know mm-hmm. Bakhtiari back and Alexander and uh, Smith uh, these are not you know some backup uh, player coming back so this is huge and this is a big difference from uh, the 2010 run of the Super Bowl where it seemed like as you got towards the end of the season it was okay the last man up mentality we were getting nobodies that were signing. We're still well, getting like a whole half a team back that's all-stars. Yeah, well, back then you couldn't. If you went yeah. on injury reserve, you were done. You were done. Yeah. There was no coming back, you know. So we can thank the COVID rules uh, for this, I guess, because that's what well, made them change the rules. Well, certainly made gave them the flexibility for this to happen. Um, you know, it's something you see it, especially when I read from writers not related to the Packers. You know, there's this sort of begrudging, oh, well, one of the most talented teams in the NFL is just getting more and more talent. I mean, how much better can they get? I mean, this is a team that people have been saying for quite some time, 
there, you know, especially if you use some of the statistical logistics and the DVOAs, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, they've been on a, a, a plane to themselves much of the year, uh, especially once Arizona and LA dropped off. Uh, now they're that much more rich with, with talent and it, it's, it really bodes well for the playoffs. And I mentioned this last week, we were worried about Rogers because about the time the Super Bowl rolls around, he, he goes off the testing exempt for COVID rule. But some of these guys like Jair Alexander, MVS, they've already tested positive for COVID and they're in that bulletproof window right now as they head towards, towards the Super Bowl. So as you said, with the offensive line, Billy Turner, David Bakhtiari, Josh Myers, looks like they're all going to be back. Wide receivers, we expect to have Randall Cobb and MVS back. Uh, and the big return, the the really good news that we're hearing is uh, practicing once again and possibly ready in 100% shape for the playoffs will be Aaron Rodgers' toe. Uh, My yes. God, it's been since October. Why isn't this thing healed? It's a little pinky toe. Well, he did get stepped on a couple of times. That's sure that didn't help. Mm-mm. Well, I don't know if you guys remember uh, the season that Brett Favre had his thumb injury on his throwing hand. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. And it was broken like the whole season. <laughs> and and everyone was just saying, especially if you were, you know, fans of another team, it was like, oh, can we hear some more about, about Brett Favre's thumb? Favre's thumb, Favre's thumb. <laughs> some Rogers' toe. It's, well, it's Favre's thumb was, was really fairly impressive. You know, the fact that it was on his throwing hand, right. <laughs> you know, and he was still able to play and play very well. That's amazing having a, a pinky toe you know that hurts okay that's not quite as amazing but in today's you know social media world it got blown up like Favre's thumb did so that's but just looking, a sign of our times looking back who had rogers showing his feet to the world on their bingo card not me <laughs> Well, that's because we thought he had COVID. Tovid, remember? Tovid. I was all excited about calling it Tovid. No, he, he like stubbed it. it. It was really unglamorous. So a lot of players coming back. Of course, we know Elton Jenkins, uh, Bob Tunyon will not be returning. They are done for the season. But I don't know. I'm I'm liking. If you're going purely on talent, I don't know. This Madden team is is starting to look closer and closer to a 99 overall. So second quarter, we're going to call this a win. Huge win. Getting this Big win. back. Definitely Absolutely. a win. Blowout win. So one and one. We're going to go through halftime to the third quarter. An interesting <clears throat> local story. Maybe you have not heard about this if you're listening to us and you don't read some of the local press. Uh, the Packers are actually in a little bit of a simmering potential lawsuit with both the city of Green Bay and the state of Wisconsin. And uh, Kelly, I think you've read a little bit about this. You want to clue us in? Okay. So there is this thing called what, the, the Lambeau Field Stadium District. And that's the area that used to be the wasteland. And now you've got the Sledding Hill and the and the Kohler Lodge and all this nice stuff that wasn't there years ago. And it, and it also includes Lambeau Field. Well, if you remember when they started putting the new exterior on the Lambeau at the, tur- at the turn of, the, of uh, around 2000, um, in Brown County, they raised the sales tax by a half a percent up to five and a half percent. And that half a percent, which I heard about my parents because they live in Brown County, complained about all the time. Some of that was allocated for operations and maintenance of the stadium. And there was a lease that said it's we're going to use this money to set aside through 2031. So another decade. Well, along lo and behold, you've got 
a local uh, representative, David Steffen, and he's making a proposal to disband the Lambeau Field Stadium District. And he wants that $81 million to get reallocated back to down- Brown County property owners. And he's making it sound very, very enticing because on average, it'd be about 700 bucks to each homeowner in the county. This time, day and age, everyone loves to have cash in their hands. But wouldn't that be a breach of contract? Because there is a signed deal through 2031. Well, well think- that's... Oh, go ahead. I think the Packers have already basically said that, you, you know, if if you actually try to do this, you're going to be tied up in litigation and lawyers for a long time for years. Yeah. And you don't hear Aaron Popke pop off very often, but he had some pretty firmly where it says we are already wasting time, (laughs) you know, doing the legal work on this. This is nothing we're going to stand for. So it's interesting when you talk about a community that is so proud of owning its team and how, yeah, I mean, we had a stadium district that's got to help build a stadium, and, and I think people the... forget, CD, if you're not from Green Bay, if you used to park between Highway 41 down Lombardi Avenue to the stadium, it used to be just an economic wasteland. There was like a big lots, a Kmart that was barely afloat. And when I was in high school, the West Theater, which is long coming gone, but there was like nothing there for decades. And now it's a vibrant commercial district. Oh, absolutely. Well, there's the Roadstar in there too, wasn't there? The little yeah, motel? Yeah, the Roadstar. That's where the Kohler Lodge is now. Yes. Yeah, it was. So... But uh, you know, I had I had read just just a, a point here. I had read I think in that same article where it said this doesn't really include Titletown District. Like that's oh, not so part this is of just, this. So this is just the Lambeau Fielders because I think Titletown District is in uh, Schwabenon. Yeah, and, and Lam- Lambeau's in Green Bay. Yeah. So this whole thing is not so much about the Titletown, but but the Lambeau Field basically and the atrium and that. So yeah. Least, so. That's what I read, anyway. The, the sales tax, you you know, deal with the Packers elapsed. Though Brown County still has a five and a half percent sales tax, so where's that money going? Um, but did they really want to poke this bear? Because I went and did a little bit of uh, googling before we uh, went on air, and how much money do, do the does a Packer game bring into Brown County as a whole any game weekend? Do you guys know? And that's like gas stations. million dollars. Fifteen million is the source I saw, but maybe it is twenty-six. It's a no, lot. No, I, I just guessed. It was fifteen million dollars, and that's hotels, gas stations, restaurants. Going to well, I used to go to ShopGo. It's now closed. Going to stores in the area <laughs> and shopping. That is a. Do you really want to poke a bear? That's one of the biggest revenue generators for the county during during game the game season. They talked about. If, if there had not been games last year at all, you know, the county could have lost out on $150 million had, had the NFL been completely shut down. Well, and it's true that there's really no, there's no community in America that is more tied or dependent upon this pro team you know, for their viability. I mean, Green Bay is a town of still under 100,000 people. So you're right. Everyone's connected to it. Um and it's really hard, you know, it was, as your parents were upset about it back in the day, because I remember those days. I don't live in Brown County, but boy, I sure heard about it. I mean, it's a half cent sales tax on on what's really kind of a blue collar community. It's a lot. To, it was a bit of a big ask, and uh, but it built a very, very beautiful stadium back in 2003. And because the team thrived, that whole district thrived, too. It's like now that area, it's, it's, a, it's a destination, not just go to the game. 
Well, it's kind of like Zedaria Smith coming back. You know, winning really does kind of cure a lot of your misgivings about things. So, yes, yeah, Packers true. have been very successful. And it's like, well, fine. Could you imagine if we had, you know, won a grand total of like 20 games over the last 20 years? It'd be a lot yeah, different. Yeah, it'd be totally different. But I also did a little little bit of snooping around today before, before the show. And it sounds like the only legislator that's poking this bear is David Steffen. It's only coming from him. And who knows how far it will go. All right. Well, we're going to call this one a push, I guess, until we uh, see what the legal action's going to actually be. <laughs> and for people who don't know, Hockey, and I, I remember him as a kid because we're the same age. He is one of the nicest people. It's like, why are you making him mad and having to go out there and go, well, we're going to sue you? Come on, people. Don't bite the hand that feeds you. Well, it's just this one guy who's biting the hand that feeds everybody else. So the question is going to be, does anybody else really want this or is it just him? I think the $700 per household could be a big... But do you think people would, yeah. would really get behind it? Or, yeah. Well, Green Bay Green Bay is a somewhat conservative community, and tax savings is always going to be kind of an appeal uh, mm-hmm. for, for those folks. Especially, like I said, it's a blue-collar is, town, and $700 is a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Is a Schwabenon... Also hey, in I'm, Brown County. Yeah, Ashwabanon is yeah, it's just outside Green Bay. It's one of the other adjacent. But it's the same cities. county. It's not yeah, like same a, county. Same that's county. That's all I'm okay. I'm impressed you can say Ashwabanon. I'm very impressed. Well, I've been there enough times. I've walked the streets of Ashwabanon. <laughs> <laughs> when I used to work Packer camp back in college, it was always fun. Like when the new players would come in, and the, the, none of them could pronounce it. Like, how do you say this? I'm like, it's Ashwabanon. And I remember, they were, I forget who it was. It was this big beefy lineman that didn't make the team. And they had like alphabet. You know, he had like alphabets for cereal. And he's like, I'm trying to spell Ashwab. And I'm like, you keep at it, bud. Let me know when you get it right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that'll conclude the third quarter. Let's get to some fun stuff here. The Green Bay Packers have secured the number one seed loss against Detroit notwithstanding. So this weekend, we have a slew of games. Very exciting for us to watch and not have to worry about the Packers as they are resting up and getting all their players healthy. A little time for us to talk here. As we're going to be watching these teams play, who do you think are some of the best and worst matchups for the Packers in the playoffs? Obviously, in the NFC, we've got the Eagles, we've got the Bucks. We've got the 49ers, the Cowboys, Cardinals, Rams. Is there any one of those teams that really scares the snot out of you that if you could pull the strings and say, I don't want that team coming to Green Bay, what team would it be? Which one scares you the most? Dallas. Really? And let me tell you why. Mike Please. Because McCarth- Mike McCarthy <laughs> knows exactly what Aaron Rodgers does when Aaron Rodgers goes into panic mode. He knows all of his Achilles heels. Don't tell me he's not going to use it against him. Okay. Jersey, what do you say? I, I don't know that I really have one team, you know, but I'll, so I'll give you two. Am I allowed to do that? Yes, I will permit it. You would not let me do that, but okay. <laughs> you're, you're probably right. <laughs> you wouldn't let me split something two weeks ago. You're probably right. Uh, anyway. Well, yes, so, Al, give us all of your opinions. The, fir- the first one is really not, is really more a player than a team. And that's Tom Brady. I, I just, with, with Tom Brady, I just want no part of him. I want somebody to knock him out and just take care of that concern. Number two, and this is certainly, I think recency bias would be the 49ers, you know, having seen the way they played um, against the Rams and, and a few games previous to that, just their overall combination of talent 
on offense, being able to to run the ball and have dangerous receiving weapons on defense, a dangerous front seven. I think they've got a lot of talent that would give the Packers some problem. The one saving grace would be Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, if you can get pressure on him, then you're probably going to get some interception. So, um, you know, that would be the one thing. But those two, those two, you know, if I can avoid those two for that first go around, I'll be happy. Yeah, I got to agree. Then I would have picked the same two teams, but probably the Bucks first, just because, you know, Brady's just had this, you know, statistically tremendous season and it really doesn't matter who's on the field with him, but they're getting back some guys too, that are pretty good. It, you know, luckily, not they Antonio Brown. Not no, no, not him. He'll be watching but, it from a couch tweeting away. Not sure. <laughs> right. But, uh, you know, you know, Gronk, Mike Evans, there's a lot of guys on that team that can do some damage. And, and obviously we already know they came to Lambeau last year in what was a warm weather game. I think it was, what, 20s or something like that? It was a pretty warm weather game. No, I think and, it was almost 30, wasn't it? Yeah, it was It was. It was yeah, a warm game, and it didn't bother the Bucks at all, and they won. So maybe home field advantage will work for us this year. If they come back to town, it'll be a nice minus 10, minus 15 degree game with a minus 70 degree wind chill, and Tom Brady will just say, I'm just going to worry about selling my new apparel line and not worry about playing his $95 sweatshirt. This is Brady. (laughs) So let's switch it up just a little bit. Is there any team on the AFC side that you're kind of scared to see that, you know, if assuming we make it through and finally win an NFC championship game of the AFC teams, is there anyone that kind of scares you? Maybe the Titans. I was going to say, I don't have any really. It's maybe. It's kind of in the AFC this year, but. However, for some stupid reason, I don't want to face the Steelers because they just get by on dumb luck. Yeah, I I think I'd I'd still go with the Chiefs, even though they haven't been quite the same team this year. They have been coming on lately, and just the threat of of the Tyreek Hill and and those guys, um, you know, going up against our safeties and hitting some, some big plays on us. I just worry about that a little bit, but um, you know, overall, like you said, not a huge worry about uh, about most of them. Tennessee would be a much much uh, tighter, grinded out type game, whereas against the Chiefs, it could be either team that kind of wins fairly easily. So um, I'll go with the Chiefs as my biggest worry then. Right. Well, we're going to take that to the end of the fourth quarter. I'm going to call this one a win because you know what. Because we're we're not, we're not afraid. Exactly. And we're not playing we're not this afraid. weekend, so we don't yeah. have to worry about it. Yeah. I said, anyone who uh, wants to go to the Super Bowl, you're either coming to Lambeau Field or you got to face the blank and Green Bay Packers. So a lot of swagger with this team. So big win. So we're going to finish this uh, game at 2-1-1. One, and one. Not a bad day after a loss to yeah. the Lions. And we're going to get to this week's game predictions. Cheesehead Radio. Packer Game Predictions. All right, so this week we're just focusing on the NFC side of the playoffs because our predictions will determine the Packers' opponents after, obviously, this wild card round. So what we have are the seventh-seeded Eagles taking on the second-seed Buccaneers. Uh, that'll be on Sunday at noon. We're going to have the 49ers then in the afternoon game uh, taking on Dallas in Dallas. They're the third seed on Sunday. 
And then on Monday night, we get Arizona taking on the Rams in Los Angeles. Monday night is 7-15. That's the five seed. At the four seed, the Packers will play the lowest seed remaining after those games are done. So let's go through each of them. Don't have to do a score, just who we think is going to win. First of all, seventh seed Philadelphia Eagles at Tampa Bay Bucks. Jersey Al, as always, we'll start with you. Uh, I do think this game will be closer than, than most people think, but it's really hard for me to see um, Jalen Hurts um, beating Tom Brady out, especially when the Tampa Bay Bucks will be blitzing him like absolutely crazy. Uh, as they tend to do with any quarterback, but especially with young quarterbacks. So I got to go with the Bucks here. And I will also say the Bucks. I just don't think the Eagles are going to have what it takes to win on the road in the playoffs against uh, prime Tom Brady. So begrudgingly, I'll say the Bucks. And I'm getting out the puke emoji, and I'm going to agree with you. It's got to be the Bucks. I think the, the Eagles are out of the league with this matchup. Okay, so all three of us are going to say Bucks. That means the two seed is going to win, which means there's no way they're going to be our next opponent. Correct. Uh, assuming that's the way that works out. The second game is going to be the San Francisco 49ers, the six seed taking on the Dallas Cowboys uh, in Dallas. Jersey Al, how do you see this one working out? Well, I know how I want to see it. And I want to see it with the Cowboys winning. <laughs> uh, because as I've said previously, the 49ers, ma- the makeup of their team, that matchup, I like less than I like the matchup against the Cowboys. And I'd love to see Mike McCarthy come to Green Bay and, and see that whole circus. So I'm going with the Cowboys. <laughs> well, I am going to take an upset here. And I don't know if it's that much of an upset. I think uh, Dallas is... They're favored ha- by three. Yeah, it's so it's a pretty even a, game. Even that's yeah. yeah, that's even. That's not it's not a. Well, real no, no, it, it's it's they're at home favored by three. Oh, yeah. So that's still kind of even. Yes, it is. <laughs> Two and a half ago. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I, I got sidetracked there for a second. <laughs> I, I see that. Yes. <laughs> yes. So I'm going to say the 49ers. I think are going to pull this one off. I think there's a lot of great history between the 49ers and the Cowboys and. That's going to be kind of a nostalgia tour for those of us who watched uh, football back in the uh, 80s and 90s, seeing these two teams tee tee off. But I'm going to say the 49ers upset. Meanwhile, like I said before, the Cowboys scare me more than the 49ers. So I'm going to manifest a 49er win just because I do not want to see Mike McCarthy at Lambeau. I think that could be dangerous for the Packers. You two are you two are like complete opposites. Yeah, you've just noticed this in those two. Yeah, yeah. Like okay. Anyway, so Al says the Cowboys. Kelly and I say the 49ers. Uh, that would say that Al is going to say the third seed is going to win, uh, which means in his uh, scenario they also would then uh, have to go on the road to the two seed. However, we say that the six seed is going to win, which would say that the 49ers would probably be coming to Green Bay depending on how this last game goes, which of course is the fifth seed Cardinals going at the fourth seed Rams. What do you say, Jersey? Yeah, I'm going with the Cardinals on this one. Um, yeah, the, the Rams just lost their starting safety. Their other safety may not be able to play. They, they just signed a 37-year-old safety who's been retired for two years. <laughs> um, so they're, they're hurting back there, which might not be a good thing to, to be against uh, – the, the Cardinals, uh, you know, so I'm going to go with the uh, Cardinals to win that game and be the team 
coming to Lambeau Field the following weekend. Well, I'll be honest with you. I came very close to agreeing with you, Alan. The only reason I didn't is probably the same reason maybe you picked the Cowboys. I couldn't pick two upsets. I just picked the 49ers to win. So, but if there's a game that I see being almost dead even, it's probably going to be this one. This is going to be a good game. It'll be interesting to see how it goes. I'm going to say LA is going to come out with it, but I am not going to be shocked in the least if uh, Arizona pulls it out. I think this is the Monday night one also, isn't it? This is, yes. Yeah, Yeah. okay. Well, I'm going to go with Arizona. Um, I think LA's luck has run out, especially after this past weekend. Um, I think Arizona's on the rise, and I think LA, we've seen all of their bags of tricks. So I'm going to go with the Cardinals. So Kelly's going with two upsets. Does this surprise you? Which would then be the four, which means the 49ers are your prediction. Right. For who the Packers will be playing. Correct. Okay. So if our predictions work out the way we we say they are, Al is the only one who believes that the Cardinals uh, will be coming to Lambeau Field for the first game that the Packers will host by virtue of the number five Cardinals beating the Rams uh, and the Cowboys defeating the 49ers. So that would make them the lowest seed remaining. Uh, both I and Kelly will have the 49ers coming to uh, Lambeau Field by virtue of their sixth seed upset over the Cowboys. So that's really kind of the big game there, isn't it? That 49ers at Cowboys. I mean, that's yeah, <laughs> that I'm, really kind of swings it, doesn't it? I'm surprised totally they does. didn't make that the Monday nighter, you know? I probably would have done that. That's going to be quite a game. Yeah. I think yeah. it is, what is it, Sunday afternoon, is it? Or... Um, yeah, that'll the second be the second game on Sunday. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I right. think I actually went through all those times before. What did you say? Something? No, no. Anyway, no. not I at all. Nothing. So. Nothing. Moving on. <laughs> didn't think so. <laughs> all right. Well, I guess we're going to be back next week. Uh, we'll get you guys prepped for our opponent and be very exciting. Uh, Packers hosting the one seed in the playoffs. And guys, if this is the last dance, I'm in. Let's do this. Let's do it. Thank you so much for joining us tonight on Cheesehead Radio as we're heading to the end of our 12th season. Make sure to head over to PackersTalk.com where you can listen to several unique Packers podcasts. Please follow at PackersTalkNet on Twitter and like us on Facebook. Cheesehead Radio and all Packers Talk podcasts can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the pod, show us some love and leave us a review. You can also find us on Siri, Alexa, or Google just by saying, play Packers Talk Podcast. That's a wrap. On to the postseason. Go Pack Go. See you next week, everybody. Go Pack Go. Good night. You there, CD? I think I accidentally muted him. I was trying to mute myself. No, I'm trying to figure out how to... I don't know that you can mute someone else. How in the world do you manage to mute me? (laughs) Yeah, is that even possible? I was about about to sneeze and I was trying to mute me. Kelly, that explains something because I found myself on mute before for some reason. And I know I didn't do it.
So I, you muted me first. No, I didn't. That, yes, was you did. that was the first time I touched the computer screen. I was like, no, I'm about I to sneeze. See, now fired. you have no, no credibility. No credibility. <laughs> I was about to sneeze. How do you manage to do this? I mean, yeah, you explain to us. Where is I, that option to mute I have somebody no else? Idea. I went to go mute myself and I muted Kurt. Great. I don't understand. Hey, I, I thought you might not want me sneezing into the camera. And I thought I was crazy that I had muted myself I and did didn't not realize mute it. you. You I did. I did not. You sure did. I haven't touched you, anything until now. You found a way, just like you found a way to mute the CD. <laughs> you remember the doc last week and all the trouble with just the idea of making a copy of it? Shut up. I mean, this is like, oh my Unexp gosh. Yeah, it's like UFOs uh, oh. when Kelly's in charge. I don't know. <laughs> like, crap, I just muted him. How do I undo it? We're going to have to have, like, you know, instead of Murphy's Law, it's just going to be Kelly's Law. Blame yeah. Kelly. Okay. According to Kelly. <laughs> oh, my 